baptized by John in Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove. The voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John's arrest, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is come here. Repent, and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. He was the one on whom God had anointed 
special ministry that can only be exercised by him. So I tell you, those 40 days, whatever happened between him and the devil and however he was ministering to by angels, Jesus came out of the wilderness, understanding clearly who he was, who he was, and what his ministry should be. I think it's a bit unfortunate that we have focused so much on the word temptation as opposed to perhaps a more useful word, uh, testing. Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury, has written this about temptation. The word temptation nowadays has become diluted so that it is used mainly to prod others towards a bit of pardonable naughtiness. It's about cream cakes for people on diets and not much more. I'm not going to get close to home. I won't go back to that. <laughs> he goes on to describe how inadequate that understanding of temptation really is. He says that the, uh, the Greek underlying that what we translate as temptation is closely related to the English empirical and the ideas that are associated with empirical. Empirical meaning or originating or based on observation or experience. So temptation is an experiment to find out something about ourselves and something about God. And in a scriptural sense, when we are tempted, we are being tested to go deep into ourselves and find out who we really are and whose we really are. And understood from that perspective, I think, that Jesus being driven into the wilderness clearly has been driven out to be tested to have a deeper understanding of his own nature and also his ministry. Testing, while not a pleasant thing, can be a good thing, both for Jesus and for us. When we come through the testing, we find out very important things about ourselves. I think it's just as important for institutions, for churches, to go through testing as it is for individuals. For a church to get a deeper understanding of what it is called to, to be the body of Christ in the world. Before you call anyone to be your rector here, you went through a, a period of discernment that resulted in the profile that was sent out uh, to all the potential candidates. And I would say that, that is one of the most beautiful profiles I have ever seen, and I've seen many uh, having worked in the diocesan office. But in that profile, you listed those things that were concerns to the adults in the congregation and also to the youth in the congregation. The parish then has been working on three goals based on those concerns. The first, to attain financial stability and growth. The second, to attract new families and to be more welcoming. And the third, to increase the size vitality of our program for children and youth. Those of you who have been a part of this congregation since uh, the early 2000s, around 2002, 2003, you know that there have been great gains made on those three goals. And I think it's important for you to know that there are a lot of congregations that say they want to grow, they want financial stability, they want to do things for children and youth. But not too many congregations are willing to sacrifice in the way it is needed in order to accomplish those goals. And you have done that.
this congregation over and over and over again has stepped out in faith to achieve something that we consider to be important for the future of this parish. I think now we're at a point in the life of our congregation that we're ready to build on those reforms, which have established a sort of foundation for us. And we're prepared to step out in faith to do something that is going to challenge all of us, I think, in the long run. About eight years ago, we went through a process of long-range planning. And out of that, we came to a consensus as a congregation that our facilities were beginning to hold us back. And the best we decided that, that the first priority really was to uh, do something in the way of improving our parish house facility. And the importance of that comes from the fact that in order to equip the saints to do ministry, we have to provide the tools and the resources for them to do that. And so there was more work done, and there were uh, broad-based meetings with members of the congregation over a period of literally years. Some people came to me and said, when are we going to stop talking about it and do it? <coughs> Finally, we came to the conclusion that what we needed was a new parish house facility. And you've seen the, uh, the, the design that has been developed so far, and you've seen the model related to that. The thing that I think you need to hold in mind is that what we hope to do will certainly be wonderful for us who are here now. And for those new people who have joined us, for the many children who have become a part of this congregation, who are away on vacation this week. <laughs> but more than that, it's to provide for those who will come after us in ministry as well. Just as those uh, people who had such wonderful foresight and faith 50 years ago provided us with this beautiful worship space. It is now our turn, our responsibility, to go forward on this project and to provide for those who will come after us as well a place that will equip them for ministry. My prayer for all of us is that first of all we give thanks for all of the wonderful things that God has done for us as a congregation. We have been incredibly blessed. But also that we will be faithful stewards of what God has entrusted to us and that we will be faithful in living into the call that God has on our lives as a congregation, and that we, as the body of Christ, may be effective ministers in this community, the communities that surround us, literally in the world, and that in doing so, we will be blessed as well. May God grant us that prayer, and may God guide us by God's Holy Spirit in all things.
there are a limited number of annual reports. Revised annual reports in a purple column that have all the information in it. There are a few things that are in the yellow annual report that are pieces that are missing. One is the Lipsman's report, which you have a copy of back there. And one is the revised duty directive report, the one that was included in the yellow annual report. So there are three documents back there. The purple one has everything in it up to date, perfect. And then there is the duty directive report, which is revised. And then there is the Wilson's ministry report, which is the only copy that there is. Does that make sense? Yes. Please describe it all. For those of you who have children, there will be a snack for them as well during the coffee hour. And then a program for them in the underground community and in the community. Walk in love. Describe the love of God. Give us a little more. Walk in love. Oh, I'm 
give your faithful people cleanse their hearts, and prepare with joy for the path of peace. That purpose of prayer and the work of mercy, and renewed by your word of sacrament, they may come to the fullness of grace you have prepared for those who love you. Therefore, joining with angels and and with the faithful of every generation, we lift our voices with all creation as we sing. Now present to you from your creation this bread and this wine. By your Holy Spirit. 
body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. Grant that we can share these gifts and be filled with the Holy Spirit and live as Christ's body in the world. Bring us into the everlasting heritage of your daughters and sons, that with all your saints, past, present, and yet to come, we may praise your name forever. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, to you be honor, glory, and praise forever and ever. Amen. And now with our Savior Christ is taught us, we are bold to say,
Thank you.